Hi, I'm Mara Webster within Creative Company, and thank you so much for joining us for one of our talks today. Today, we're joined by the fantastic Jessica Plummer to talk all about her latest series, The Girl Before. Um, and I know that in, in researching and preparing for this role that you worked with a bunch of different people from an acting coach to a therapist that you spoke to about your character um, yes. and was interested kind of starting with the acting coach that you worked with and breaking down some specific scenes, what yes. the specific scenes were that you really wanted to be able to dive into the minutiae of some of the details for that had a lot more complexity and layers to them yeah um so we we literally went through all of the scenes um and just kind of discussed like our, our the difference of our opinions of like how to approach each one of them and one of the main things that I took from working with Giles his name is Giles um he gave me this technique where he would give me like an instrumental as the, the the theme of Emma's emotion of what of how she's feeling in that scene and it's been the most incredible thing like I, I still do it now um where I will I will even learn my lines with that specific song playing in the background um and it's so ingrained in my head that when it comes to the day where I'm entering the scene I I, li I listen to like the first five seconds of that song and it's like it just erupts all of the emotions that I need to take me back to how I need to feel uh you, you know all the things that I've broken down on my script so you know if in that scene I'm feeling relieved or you know ashamed or whatever it will be it will like instantly ignite that flame and I will just like feel it like literally in the first five seconds it's been like it's such an incredible tool I feel like it's cheating almost it's <laughs> and in terms of the conversations that you were having with a therapist yeah. um, I was really interested in a lot of the moments that came out into the show because there's a lot of scenes where we see your character in therapy scenes yeah. Um, and I think you do a lot of justice to a character who's carrying a huge amount of trauma in terms of the Thank emotional you. space that that puts her into. And so mm -hmm. what was what was the emotional landscape that you developed as a result of, of details that she keyed you into? So thank you for your compliment. And I think that was the most, yeah, one like really important for me playing Emma is that I wanted it to be real. I wanted to portray, you know, someone going through these like horrible, horrific things in a way that, you know, should someone be watching and have been through that, be able to, you know, recognize that rather than see someone pretending. And so just like different coping mechanisms that someone might do, not necessarily just in the scenes where she's talking about that trauma or, or within that trauma, just like it, it could be like completely unrelated, but you know, it, you might see her like doing deep breathing or counting and just, just like the, the real life of somebody that's been through that, like how they would cope day to day and just always remembering that just as an undercurrent in all of the scenes that I do. So not just the ones that are super heavy. Um, and I, and yeah, and I think that really helped just adding like that extra layer to, yeah, the, to each performance, each scene. And in the therapy scenes, you know, it's putting your character in such a place of vulnerability where she's yeah. opening up a lot, but, she, you know, it's it's always that balance of opening up and then still trying to hold on to things a little bit and navigate uh -huh. the space that you're going into for the first time. Yeah. Um, and I thought that the, the body language that you bring into those scenes was really interesting as well, like when she's kind of tucked up onto the chair and kind of yeah. keeping her body close to herself or even just moments where you're talking very openly but looking out the window and not making eye contact. Um, yeah. And so what was it like shooting a a lot of those scenes and really finding those small details within them 
Um, so we shot all of the therapy scenes on my first day on set. It was the 30th of March. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Like I had like a trillion notes written on my script. Um, and for me, I feel like the more I try and like pinpoint things that I want to do, I find if I just embody the feeling of what my character's going through, like I can experiment then like I can I can do a version and then like the, the director Lisa um could you know offer me something different that would try and it's just like that feeling that's there and and everything that comes after that is just quite in the moment it's not really it's not really planned if you know what I mean all, all the planning is the stuff that I did with Giles and and the therapist but yeah thank you I'm yeah I'm glad that you noticed I feel like this is the first time someone's like noticed those small little details it makes yeah thanks (laughs) I also love that you're bringing up Lisa Brawlman who directed the series there because um in the way that you talk about working with her it sounds like she really valued your perspective and the rest of the cast and everything that you were bringing to this character and a lot of the ideas that you had and at the same time still gave really clear direction and I think there's such a unique skill for for directors to be able to balance both of those spaces and so for you how did she really set about giving you the freedom and yet also you know giving you the details that you needed I think just from day one with Lisa, from even just the audition, she made me feel incredibly safe. I feel like, you know, she was a director for everybody and, and you know, a, a leader in all of this, but also a friend. Um, and it felt like she had her version of what she wanted to happen in the scene, but also she would trust people to, um, you know, bring forth their like perspective of something and and we'd always experiment and try different things. And it just, it just felt really safe. And so you felt like, you know, you, you could do the scenes like where Emma's going crazy, drinking, dancing around. You just felt, re- it was just such a, which I think is so important, especially when, playing a character like that that is quite delicate to feel secure within the environment that you're working and yeah that yeah like Lisa I feel like like we still WhatsApp each other she's a friend as well as a wonderful director and in the show your character's moving into this house that has such an extensive set of rules and even Uh this really in-depth questionnaire um you know, and we get to see snippets of that. We learn what some of the rules are. We know that you only have one closet to keep all of your personal belongings, that you can't have any items or coasters on on the coffee table. Um, You know, and throughout the series, we get to see some of the questions with the agree, disagree that they had to respond to. But did you all talk about what you felt like a lot of the other rules were that weren't necessarily called out in the script, but would have affected the way that your character's living and moving around the house? So I feel like personally, Emma, didn't really care about that questionnaire. <laughs> I feel like um, for me, like a- approaching those questions was kind of, I, as, as, you know, playing Emma, didn't need to, to put too much weight on, on deciding what my opinion, what Emma's opinion on that was, because I, she just saw it as, I don't, I don't really care. I mean, I think she broke probably every, and th- in fact, I think, Edward even said to her at a point, you've broken every rule in the house. Um, 
but I love the, the the fact that you know the the questions were there for the audience to watch as well like I, I love things like that when people ask you questions like that. I love a questionnaire I do them on the internet for fun like I just feel like oh what kind of personality trait am I what is my love language but yeah no I don't think Emma cared in the slightest <laughs> <laughs> but it also feels like part of the appeal in living in a house like that for her is kind of going mm -hmm. back to what you were saying before about a lot of the defense mechanisms that she's trying to build for herself. And so for you, was it a real psychological space where she likes the idea and the manifestation of, of having a real structure and order because there's been so much in her life that she hasn't been able to control with the trauma that she's now carrying? Yeah, I, I feel like for her, initially moving into that house was like this is my fresh start like I'm gonna do over in this house where you know I don't need to think about the trivial things because the 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 answer is just there for me like I don't even need to think about how long I need to brush my teeth because the toothbrush will just stop automatically um and I think yeah she, I mean the, the house was a place of security Edward um, you know, was was a person of security for her. Um, but I think it was just her way of just like wanting to distract herself from dealing with things rather than, you know, like working through it. It was like a distraction, which, yeah, maybe wasn't a good thing. And the location's really fantastic that you were shooting in. And I know that it was a it was a constructed set, but where they really built out the two levels um, and was interested yeah. in some of the logistics that came with filming in there, because yes. you know that one of the things was you weren't even allowed to actually walk up and down that cement staircase. And if you did, it was a safety harness or a stunt double. Yeah, yeah. Or the first AD would scream at you if your little toe touched step number four. <laughs> um, yeah I, yeah because the stairs didn't have banisters and there was so many times where I was just like oh my god on the last day I'm just going to run up these stairs when no one is looking because it was so tempting all the time but I mean the set was incredible I think Emma's reaction when you, you see in uh, the first scene on, of episode one was was probably really similar to to my reaction in real life when I first walked onto set I mean um yeah it was just it, it was huge it was so big. It is so much bigger than what it looks like on TV as well. <laughs> I also want to talk about Emma's marriage with Simon, played by Ben Hardy in the show, because um, what was really refreshing in terms of what we're seeing as a relationship kind of comes to its end and reaching the point where Emma says that, that this just isn't the right moment for her is yeah. that it's not one action or one particular catalyst. It feels like the trauma and the burglary and everything that she went through kind of is what spurs the timing of it, but it's not the reason that the relationship falls apart. You know, it's a relationship where there's not one giant event that ends it. Um, yeah. You know, it's just her kind of realizing, I don't think I want to be in this relationship for the rest of my life. And it's not fulfilling yeah. me in the way that it used to. And I need it to, which I yeah. thought was really powerful to watch someone walk away in that landscape. And so what was the journey for you in, in kind of finding that build up and finding that gradual, ascension into a space where she can finally say that out loud without having something that really pushes her over the edge right beforehand I think it was just knowing that it was bubbling beneath the surface the whole time like from the the first scene where you see her in therapy speaking about her relationship you know that you know something's up I think it's not it's not only that she's not fulfilled in the relationship I think her tie 
with Simon is also a tie to a lot of her trauma and she wants to to leave she 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 wants to forget that that's even happened she's denying it she's hiding it from the police from from everybody no one knows what has happened however it's connected she she's you know ha- she has to deal with it on a day-to-day basis because of you know this relationship that her boyfriend has with that person and so i think I think there's that, like trying desperately because, you know, although he's he says the wrong thing at the wrong time, she does love him. But I think, yeah, it just it just gets all too much. There's this new house, there's this new guy, and it would just make her life easier if she could just put all of that to bed. Yeah. And one of the things that we kind of see him saying that that is a little bit of a trigger to her is yeah. him saying we were burgled and she really looks at it as I was burgled because he wasn't yeah. home when it happened. Um, yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting space between the two of them. And so did you feel yeah. like a lot of the distance that develops in the relationship also just comes from going through this thing that she can't really communicate to him and he doesn't really understand exactly what she's feeling because he wasn't there at that moment? Yeah, and I think also just like feeling like, you know, I don't know, you know, those guys that just don't want to kind of accept like this is the story of what happened, like I'm going to play the big macho man and it's kind of just, it's just exhausting to have to witness the whole time. I think um, the pressure that is put on Emma because of Simon's expectations of her is probably like the main thing that makes her feel just like in this pressure cooker where it's like oh my god get off like I'm like he I think he has this idea of you know their relationship being this like amazing thing and she's amazing and she's perfect and you know, she carries so much guilt and shame. Having somebody be like, oh, but you're the best constantly is, you know, it contradicts how she feels about herself. And so it's just constantly triggering, feeling like you need to live up to this to this persona that just isn't you. And I think, yeah, like that was kind of like the main thing that made her feel like I cannot be in this anymore. I'm just so suffocated. You just need to get out. And again, there's there's kind of small details that that reference that emotional distance and that emotional space. When we look at the party scene that they have when they've moved into the new house, whenever yeah. we see your two characters throughout that evening until the very end, they're on opposite sides of the room. They're never actually right next to one another. Um, yeah. You know, they're kind of both existing in their own ecosystems and their own bubbles with all of their friends. And so for you, what were some of the details that you really wanted to pull in at different moments that that kind of captured that and showed that in different ways? So in that in that party scene, that is Emma just like like with her mask on. Like I'm gonna be here with my friends and everything's great. It's my birthday. Um and yeah, like you see her laughing and you know, doing drugs and all of this stuff. And then just I, I think, you know, just like wanting to 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 keep up this persona. Uh, to you know act like everything's okay and just like you see her getting lost in the music just like constantly trying to escape her reality and I think yeah Simon is just a reminder of that constantly 
I was also really interested in in how you came up with a lot of the dialogue delivery because there's a lot of moments where there's almost a whisper like quality to the way that she's saying things and sometimes yeah. it's some you know sometimes it's therapy where it it's kind of her withdrawing a little bit you know but sometimes it's in certain conversations and was interested in in kind of where you landed on that specific choice because I thought it was really interesting yeah. to watch and really connected to it ah yeah I mean I didn't yeah, it's funny you say that because quite yeah, quite a lot of people were saying everyone's whispering. <laughs> I didn't realize that we were doing it when when we were shooting. I guess when you're when you're you know when you struggle to say something when you don't want to say something, I guess you naturally kind of you withdraw. Like your mouth is shut, your mouth is tight, your your body language is is closed, and yeah, I guess the tone of your voice just goes quieter it wasn't something that I was conscious of when it happened um I, I guess as well when you're when you're shooting something you don't do it in chronological order every every day is like a, just a, a random scene if it makes sense so for example we'd do um all of the police stuff in one day just because we had the location and so yeah, like you don't really, you don't really, you, 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 I mean, you know where you've come from in terms of like your, your journey with your character, but in terms of like what you gave to the scene before, like where you're, you don't really think about that. You just kind of do for what that is required of that scene, um, which was like one of the great things that, you know, once it's all edited and pieced together to watch it, like, yeah like all the puzzles kind of slot together and see it all but yeah yeah I yeah Emma yeah has is, is whisper. it's so funny because it's the opposite of me I shout all the time all my family says like oh my god Jessica like your your speaking volume is literally like everybody else shouting why are you shouting <laughs> you're also touching there upon the you know scenes at the police station and mm-hmm. I was interested in the moments that we see Jessica right before she goes into the courtroom and right after uh-huh. she comes out because we don't see on screen what happens in the courtroom and yeah. there's not necessarily dialogue where she's explaining and yet we have such a sense of it because of your performance in those moments and was interested in how you approached filming those scenes knowing that the scripts weren't giving us the middle piece um i guess it's just i mean you know she it, so in in I think the scene that you're speaking about is where she goes to court and is like completely unaware is told on the day you're going to be you know faced with the person that completely turned your life upside down um after being told you're you don't have to see them so but you know you, you have to face them now if you want them to go to jail so you've got no choice just this feeling of um, you know, well, this is what I have to do. If I, if I do this, then it will all, everything will be okay. And then that is just a constant theme, like of, of throughout Emma's journey in, in the show. It's just like, okay, well, if I do this, then it will all be fixed. Okay, well, if I listen and I do that, then if I do that, it's just like constantly trying to make things better and then constantly doing the complete opposite. Um, and yeah, I think in in that scene, even though without the middle piece, just, yeah, like staying true to, that feeling of just like not having control, but like so desperately like wanting to have control and like, but like wanting to fix it, but wanting to run away at the same time. And, you know, I mean, I've not, I've personally not gone through this stuff, but just, you know, connecting it to things that, you know, can resonate like similar feelings of just feeling like out of control. 
Yeah. I also, one of the other collaborators on the show that I was interested in hearing a little bit about your work with is Ito O'Brien, who is the intimacy yes. coordinator on yes. the show. I mean, she's done so many phenomenal shows, including I May Destroy You. Um, oh my goodness. She's done everything. Yeah. She's a force. <laughs> but I, I love something that you were saying about working with her and, and finding the choreography, almost like learning dance choreography, where it's very much about kind of the beats and the movement. And so I was just mm -hmm. interested in hearing a little bit more about how she worked with you specifically on this show. Okay, so um, we would have rehearsal, we'd all show up um, on a day that like we're not shooting, we would do a warm up together, we would all, you know, just make the environment feel super, super safe. Um, I personally have, this was my first experience of doing scenes of this nature. So I was kind of just like, eek, trying to act like, yeah, I don't care, this is easy, but at the same time kind of being like, oh my God, on the inside. Um, but yeah, it's it's like we figure it out all together. Like like she will get involved and like go through it and show you what it needs to look like. If she feels like you know it will look more realistic if you know your body is moving in this way, um, or if your breath is like this, um, and, and it's just, so you 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 have all of the beats and all of the movements as you said. It's literally like a dance routine, um, and then she she will uh, list it all out for you. You can memorize it, and yeah, so that on the day it's just literally it's just like any other scene. Um, but the the main thing that you get from working with you is you just feel so safe. You feel so comfortable, and that is the main thing for scenes like that. And obviously, well, just everyone involved made me personally feel really safe hopefully I did the same for other people <laughs> that's really wonderful to hear um and then I know that for you as well that you kind of intentionally didn't pay attention to the script moments for Gugu and Bato Raw's character you know when you're watching the show as an audience member the show creates a lot of parallel moments between the two of them and you know they're both very individual unique characters but there's slight kind of similarities that the show intentionally brings together um yeah. did you know right from the very beginning that it was important for you to really just focus on Emma as a character and to not think about those parallels and those connections between these two women, especially because your character is playing someone who lives in the house, you know, three years before hers. Yeah, yeah. And also, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I was there in the, re like I have obviously read all, all parts of the script, but in terms of just like when it come, when it came to, to planning each scene, it was just, my character didn't even know of Jane's existence. There was just absolutely no point. Um, it just it just wouldn't serve me in any way. And I'm 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 glad that I that I didn't pay too much attention because yeah, like being able to watch it was it was like it was like a treat for me. And also, I feel like had I have paid more attention, I mean, Gugu, she's incredible. I just would have wanted to copy her. <laughs> And I feel like our characters, although we have so many similarities, we, we are quite different. Um, so, yeah, they're like, do you know what? Saying that we're quite different. I remember when um, for the first time I watched the trailer, my daughter didn't know who, who I was. She kept saying, who's that? I was like, that's no, that's my mummy's friend that's not me she was so confused but yeah I feel like apart from our, our physical similarities and the similarity in that you know we were both coming from um uh you know dealing with uh, trauma we were quite different yeah 
And then I wanted to jump back to talking about when you first got the role, um, because you've, you've mentioned that there was that kind of brief moment of feeling a bit of imposter syndrome and it feeling a little bit overwhelming, which I think is really natural, you know, very frequently happens when jumping onto new projects within the, yeah. the creative space. Um, and so for yourself, when you have those moments and those feelings, how do you kind of push through them and navigate that as a performer and a creative? Um, do you know what? I think I just, okay. I don't think I've, I feel like I'm, I'm pausing on telling you this cause I feel like it's quite cheesy and quite cringe, but to just be completely honest with you, I like, I tell, I just tell myself that I'm worthy of it. Like I will do like affirmations and like, just, yeah, like write things down and like, yeah <laughs> it sounds really cheesy but it works like I will listen to 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 these um I don't even what do you call them these affirmation things where like you repeat after the person and you say like oh I am like my my voice is like worthy of being heard and um because yeah definitely imposter syndrome going onto production with yeah the people that were involved was crazy um and it was definitely nerve-wracking but um yeah I mean after like the initial hello how do you do it's just normal people right like everyone's there to 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 do a job and everyone was so friendly uh, and then coming out the other side at, at the end of shooting the project and yeah. you know talking a lot about how shooting this project really felt like an evolution for you as an actor yeah um, you know and that that feeling of coming out on the other side at the beginning of a project feeling that imposter syndrome and coming out on the other side and being like no I know that I did a great job and I was worthy of this role um, yeah you know what what was kind of the learning points that you take away from it that you really want to carry into future projects oh my goodness so much so much I feel like just I feel like one of the main things I learned is that, you know, this is my job I get to create. And I, I, it's just about like being free, let, letting loose and just like completely like losing myself in this world. That isn't my reality, but I get to dip in and out and it's okay. There's, there's no wrong. Like it, like if you do, you know, a version of, of something that, you know, isn't then used, it doesn't mean that it was bad and just, yeah just exploring and experimenting and um just having fun with it and uh, yeah like trusting that you know I can can bring a suggestion that you know might not be like too safe but uh, yeah but you know like why not to see if it works kind of thing I think that's the main thing that I took away from it to just yeah like trust that I you know creatively can bring something different to the table that might not have originally been suggested it's it's a really really phenomenal character and phenomenal work from from your part really enjoyed the series so thank you so much jessica for talking all about it oh thank you so much for having me mara <laughs>